0: This is Live Well Talk on a day in the life of a respiratory therapist. I'm Dr. Dustin Arnold, Chief Medical Officer at UniPoint Health St. Luke's Hospital. As we've done on several previous podcasts, and this is another installment of getting to know team members uh, beyond doctors and nurses. Uh, there are a lot of other people on the, uh, the team because medicine is a team sport. And one of those key uh, members of the team is respiratory therapy. And my guest today is a friend and colleague, Andy McRoberts respiratory therapist with St. Luke's Respiratory Care. Andy, welcome.
1: Morning. Thanks for having me. Let's just start off. What is a respiratory therapist? If you want to go by definition, say on the internet or anything, it's just basically it's a healthcare professional practitioner that specializes in critical care and cardiopulmonary medicine.
0: And... What sort of degree do you need to do that? Take me through that. How you so
1: um, okay. if you want to call it basic, the, the lower end degree is an associate's degree. There is advanced degrees in the field, but to get you into the field uh, entry level, I guess you'd say, is uh, as an associate's degree. Okay. Um, there are several uh, colleges in Iowa that provide that course. Um, it's, it's about two years, a little over two years when you do all your uh, mandatory other classes and stuff.
0: And uh, Kirkwood has one. Yes. Correct? Kirkwood has yeah. That's,
1: and that's the program I went through.
0: Okay. All right. That was my next question. Yeah. Where you, where you went through. Yeah. Yeah. I see their students here. Yeah. Uh, those
1: students here. come here. We have Hawkeye students that come here as well. Okay. Um, NICC. I think I said that right. Students. NIAC. That right? Yeah, NIAC. NIAC. Yeah. NIAC. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: It's NIAC. I'm not so sure Whatever what it, is. it stands <laughs> for, but uh, <laughs> up there by Mason city. Right. College. Um, well, you know, played a huge role during the pandemic. Uh, I mean, respiratory therapy provides a huge role just in daily inpatient medicine, uh, as well as the ER and outpatient testing. But uh, just walk us through a typical day of a respiratory therapist here at the hospital.
1: So um, typical day. And the thing is, is there is no typical days because... At this hospital, especially St. Luke's, we dabble in all avenues of what our license, you know, we're allowed to do on our license. So one day we could be across the street with women and children's and we'll, you know, be handling neonates and everything else. Then on the next day, we're in the ICU here in the main hospital. So, um, you know, we come in to our shift and we get our patient load and we basically go to our assigned area and those, you know, those areas are assigned in the morning by our night therapists and, uh, we go through and we, we see the patients throughout the day that need to see us. And that could be anything from nebulizer treatments. It could be cardiopulmonary, um, like toileting, like a CPT, some, uh, flutter valve type stuff, um, education. That's a big thing. Even, even though sometimes we're just seeing these folks for like nebulizers, we're doing a lot of education with these folks. Um, and then on the other, uh, side of it, you know, we're, we're seeing these patients that are on life support, uh, ventilation, you know, ventilators, uh, BiPAPs, high flow therapy, oxygen therapies.
0: Yeah. That non-invasive ventilation really has become, uh, instrumental part of providing care compared to 10 15 years ago absolutely yeah you know, um, when it first came out mid 90s uh, bipap you would use it uh and by bipap we mean kind of similar to what people wear for sleep apnea uh but uh it really was just a bridge you did for a couple hours to as you're getting ready to innovate them, mm-hmm. you know, you always put on BiPAP, let's get right. everything set up and then go, go ahead and put on the ventilator. And then then we kind of came, you know, um, treatment. for it's keeping people off the ventilator. And Absolutely. I think Absolutely. it's, you know, sometimes we have people on for days and that that was unheard of when it first came out. I mean, um, if not actually just frowned upon that, that you shouldn't be doing that. But clearly that's changed and that's that's been a good change. During the pandemic, we learned a lot. Early on, it was intubate, mm-hmm. uh, put them on mechanical ventilation. We found that uh, over time, we learned uh, from others and then adapted it that uh, non-invasive ventilation was probably the best way to handle the COVID patient.
1: Absolutely. Uh, the non-invasive and the high-flow oxygen therapy, like, like when we have high-flows, like with our vaping system, we have an OptiFlow system, and they those go up to 40 liters. The OptiFlow goes higher. Um, but those systems, they, they kept these patients, these COVID patients, even when they were really, really bad, they kept them from getting intubated because we were able to provide enough airflow for them to keep that, that work of breathing down, also to get that oxygenation up. That's, I mean, that's what we fought a lot in these COVID patients was just oxygenation. They just yeah, they, really struggled because the a, lungs they, took such a huge hit. Yeah,
0: particularly early on with the earlier yeah. variants mm-hmm. when it
1: was... Attack the lungs. Absolutely. So Absolutely yeah, they yeah. got a huge
0: shunt, and mm-hmm. uh, that 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 was obvious. You know, it, it kind of early on, it kind of reminded me of that postoperative uh, cardiac patient that hits has the the shunt, and they're they're actually look fairly comfortable and they're like 85%, mm-hmm. you know, and they're like, well, yeah, I'm a little short of breath, you know. Yeah, That's yeah. what how the COVID patients they got little, sick quick.
1: Right. And they did. And it was, yeah. we would see these patients be like, okay, you know, they're in for COVID. We'll just keep an eye on them. Yeah. And it wouldn't be just a few hours yeah. later. And we yeah. were, uh, we were struggling. Yeah.
0: I saw that multiple times. What, what got you interested in respiratory therapy?
1: Well, it's, it's, it's kind of funny. Um I got real sick uh in my late twenties. This is a second career for me. I got, uh, got real sick in my late 20s, was in the hospital for a fair amount of time. and my family, when I was really sick, got to know the respiratory therapist really well as well as the rest of the staff. But the respiratory therapist really, like it, it just it's something that stuck with them, really it, they just they just loved interacting with them. So when I got better and decided I was going to make a career change, that's the first thing that my mom suggested was be a respiratory therapist, and huh. my wife. My wife was really adamant about me going into respiratory. My mom's a nurse, um, but I was like, you know, okay. Well, I originally looked into nursing and found out that I think that I that respiratory therapy actually suited me better. Just, just the way that my mind thinks. I like to to work with machines and everything else, and yes, yeah, it, just, it uh, fits your personality. It does, yes, it does, and that's yeah. and that's kind of what it was. It, it was more more fitting for me and I really enjoy it. I think it's a great career. I, I, and I, I think, uh, <clears throat> overall, all the places I've been, the
0: respiratory therapy department usually has a really good culture. Yeah. I, I don't know if it's just part of it is they see the same patients over time and they build a rapport with them and mm-hmm. then kind of become their patients. Um, but you know, I think, uh, going back to Dean Bleendorf, mm. uh, uh, <laughs> You know, th- we've had a good culture here. Yeah. It's been very innovative. Yeah. Uh, respiratory therapy is always willing to play a part in uh, in that team of medicine to take care of patients.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
0: You got a good crew. We need more of you.
1: Well, and that's yeah, we we would like to get some more people. Um, I and so the students that come through here from the other, from the schools, you know, I always tell them, look, you know, this is a good career path that you have chose. St. Luke's itself is a really good hospital to come to. I mean, I chose St. Luke's for a reason. When I was going through school, you know, you go to all these outlying hospitals. You get to see every little aspect of all these little hospitals. You can go down to the university and and work with all sorts of demographics down there. But you get the same thing here at St. Luke's, just a little bit smaller package. And I think that here we actually we get involved in a lot more here than you would at like a university teaching hospital. You know, we, you know, I always say we're, we've got our our hands in all those little pots that are in, in the hospital. We're, we're a big part of this team. As far as I can tell, everybody loves working with us. We love working with everybody. We get, and like I said, I, we get to see everything in this hospital. There isn't a part of this hospital that we don't get involved in. Yeah,
0: when we started the conversation, I totally forgot about it. You guys play a big role across the street in neonatology yeah. and transports. Mm-hmm. I, I wasn't even thinking about that. Um, yeah, you know, culture, that, that term, kind that word gets thrown around a lot. Um, and sometimes people use it. I don't really think they know what they're, or understand what they're talking about, but sure. to me, it's culture is what you believe mm-hmm. and how you behave. Th- those that's culture, yeah. And I do think people believe in what we do here, and they behave such. Mm-hmm. I mean, so you might go to a business that has not the best culture because people don't believe in it. They may behave, they may give good customer service, mm-hmm. you know, but they don't believe in it, and that's the difference with Saint so Luke's. I, I, I do believe that. I
1: completely company. agree.
0: What advice do you have for a young respiratory therapist? Um, let's
1: see. That's kind of a hard one, I guess. Uh, be ready to work. Um, sometimes you go through school. Any this and this is any job. You go through it, and you think that once you've gone through school, that you don't have anything to learn. You've probably learned it all at that point. Um, anything in healthcare. And especially for me, like for respiratory therapy, we have a lot of things that we need to know. There's there's a lot more education once you get into the field than just passing your boards and passing your tests. I
0: (laughs) firmly believe from physician to nurse's aide that that first year out, the people that are successful, have successful careers had the opportunity to be around people to learn a lot absolutely. that you never learn in school mm-hmm. right absolutely you know that first year of medicine i learned so much i had this older partner and smart guy mm-hmm. and i just learned so much uh and you know if you i feel i feel sorry in a way for uh people that get out of school and they don't have those great mentors mm-hmm. uh you
1: know and yeah. so
0: so that that is important those old guys kind of know stuff, don't
1: they? They do. They do.
0: Yeah. Our teenagers might disagree with that. <laughs> they, they do. Yeah. You know, it's,
1: yeah. it's, they always know better. They got the latest information. Yep. Yep. Just yep. ask, you know, it's, have, it's on yes. the internet. So, yes, it's
0: Google, it, <laughs> Dr. Google. Right. <laughs> right. So, hey, Andy, thank you for joining me and sharing about your day in the life of a respiratory therapist. Once again, this was Andy McRoberts respiratory therapist with St. Luke's Respiratory Care. If you're interested in a career in respiratory therapy uh, at St. Luke's, visit unipointorg backslash careers. Thank you for listening to Live Well Talk On. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your family, friends, neighbors, strangers about our podcast. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, or wherever you get your podcast. Until next time, be well.